Hello everybody! So this time around we're talking about game development and more specifically why game development for us. Uh, we've, we've got a few topics that we'll be discussing specifically towards this. Uh, mostly just to understand one another better. Uh, I, have, I have different motivations in why I pursue game development uh, compared to Matt. I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, probably. I guess we'll find out tonight. <laughs> well, we'll find out. So I'm I'm gonna jump right into it. Um, I know you said you do, you don't have a pivotal moment, but do you have some defining moments that that guided you towards game development? Um, I can just kind of kind of just ramble through my rough rough. You story. can you can ramble through your rough story. Um, so yeah, like I said, I don't really have a distinct point where it was like from this day henceforth I shall be a game developer <laughs> unless if you count maybe sometime last year <laughs> but again not a distinct point um, I think if I kind of think back I'm pretty sure it wasn't in primary school um, I do fairly distinctly remember our first year here in Johannesburg after we moved from Uppington um, that would have been 1996 <laughs> I found a very expensive uh, international computer gaming mag magazine in the five rand store um, which had lots of reviews about, um, lots of reviews, not really about games that I was interested in, but there were a lot of ads about games that I was really interested in. So it had tantalizing ads like how the Elder Scrolls Daggerfall has hundreds of square kilometers of terrain in it, or how close combat realistically simulates the psychological stresses of soldiers on its battlefields. Um, I must have read that thing like 20 times probably. Um, and then kind of fast forward grade 9 or 10, I think, I was in the choir. I still distinctly remember back then I was quite into the idea of becoming a writer of fantasy stories or something like that. Um, but somewhere along the way, I figured out that that would require a whole lot of writing and rewriting and rewriting and more <laughs> rewriting. And I was like, that sounds like way too much work. Um, so uh, probably around about there, I probably started leaning more towards game development. Yeah. The joke was on me, of course, because to make anything good, you have to write it and rewrite it and rewrite yeah. it again. So. Uh, that was what I found quite, <laughs> quite entertaining just now. Yeah, I wish, I wish younger me was less stupid. Um, but anyway, um, definitely between grade 10 and grade 12, by the time I was in grade 12, I was definitely planning to be a game developer. Um, my metric project was a remake of Chaos Battle of Wizards, which um, I wrote in Pascal with some assembly code to let me access 8-bit color palettes um, to try and make a prettier version of Chaos Battle of Wizards. Um, so at that point, I was already trying to do the game dev stuff, uh, probably encouraged a bit by a whole bunch of New Age gaming magazines. Um, I'm sure there was at least one article in there that mentioned DigiPen um, in Canada, which is a very expensive school you could go to to become a game developer. Um, Hang on I, one second, I might give away my age. Yeah. New Age Gaming, that's Nag. Nag, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Originally New Age Gaming. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I knew my parents couldn't afford DigiPen, so I kind of fell back on let's go do a computer science degree um, and try and do some game dev part-time which the part-time bit I think I didn't do so well with over the years as I as I might have um, and again in retrospect past self would have been wise to have picked up some skills other than just programming <laughs> but you know such is life <laughs> such is life how about you 
So this story you've heard a lot, but for for the <laughs> listeners out there, one day, um, I I distinctly remember, and and this this shows a bit of the age gap. I was still in primary school, and you showed me one of the games you were fiddling about with. Uh, it was a memory clone, and by that time, like I was, I, I was formative enough that I realized that there were a lot of memory type games out there. But this one was different. It had its own very special flair, and like it, it, it wasn't. It was unlike something that I've seen before. It, it, it might have been a bit primitive in my view. But I, I, I asked you, where did you get that? And you, you said like you made it, and just it floored me. It blew my mind. Up, up till then, I had thought games were made by these godlike people <laughs> with godlike skills, and That's something silly cousin. Not, not, not. Not my, not not a silly cousin. Not my cousin. I, that that made it like, oh wait, not maybe my, I can do this. Real, uh, real people. <laughs> so forward, forward a few years. It, it was one of the things that I was keeping in the back of my mind quite a lot. Like I, I really wanted to get into programming, but growing up in a in a rural area on a, uh, I think my parents had a Pentium two. We didn't have any internet. I barely even had access to sources. Past me should have been a lot more proactive in finding sources. Uh, yeah, no, well, just like I said, past us were quite stupid. <laughs> so don't don't be too hard on yourself. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I never I never amounted to anything. Only in standard eight, when I was actually had the opportunity to start programming, I joined the IT class and I, I wa remember walking in and my teacher saying are you ready to learn a new language and i was like wait <laughs> am i ready to do this uh and uh, unbeknownst to me i actually then fell in love with programming it was one of the sub subjects that i still hold dearly uh to my heart thinking back to school uh, i i did have some game development -y experiences in that Every time that we had a big project, I would try and make some silly little, silly little game. I, I remember, sort, yeah, yeah it, it was Hangman or Mastermind or Tic Tac Toe. And you would figure out a way to turn whatever the assignment was into something that fit into a game. That is, that is exactly what yeah. I did. I've been there. Um, <laughs> and unfortunately, I, I still didn't really proactively source out information. I was just lazily going through the work like i wasn't what you would consider a hard worker i was just a smart learner in that i could pay i focused on paying attention during class just, get back just, do the work yeah just just for our listeners out there i just want to point out that we didn't have internet <laughs> okay you probably didn't have internet either at this point <laughs> so uh, I had internet access, but not free internet access where I could just go wild and go look for things. It was very limited, and every time I had to beg my parents when I had some assignment to do to go and download photos because, yeah. oh, we only have 40 megabytes of cap this yeah. month. I mean, I didn't have internet until first year of university, so I think we, we kind of compare ourselves against, um, you know, people from first world countries. <laughs> You know, Definitely. who had internet pretty much since it existed, um, where we kind of had to struggle along. And if we could see a computer with the internet on it once a month or 
once or twice a year. That might have been a lot. It was a lot to take in. I didn't even think of finding programming things. Back. No idea what we were doing. <laughs> it's just like, oh, there is this internet thing where I can play games on it. And that yeah. was all I wanted to do. Download all the abandoned wares. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I lazily went through all of my assignments. Whenever something came along, I would quickly bash it out. <laughs> Uh, matriculated, went to Varsity, is like, yes, let's do this software engineering thing. I ended up finding the what, what I would consider the equal to the to the degree you ended up studying. Uh, I, I also did BSc in IT. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then I kind of dove into a gate because that was not fun. Uh, I, I had discovered that I had no idea on how to study. I didn't have the self-discipline to initially at, at some stage i didn't think i have the, had the self-discipline to to get to a re, some result mm. it, it took a lot of self-reflection and understanding of of what i was actually trying to achieve just getting the degree let alone even thinking about game development mm. but i was lucky that in my final year that we had a, a project subject and it consisted primarily of every two weeks getting some new technology to use and build a project with it either being windows forms mvc android app ios app or you can (laughs) use the whole semester and make a game (laughs) guess what i did take the the whole whole semester semester to make a game and and Uh, let me let me guess you you were not agile were you 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 waterfalled it by doing everything at once in the last week, right? Yes, something <laughs> along those lines. And we, I, I I think I remember somehow having an influence in the engine of choice. I okay. think I I might have said that let's look at this Unity thing because I fiddled a bit, but I had no yeah. idea of what I was actually doing. <laughs> um, we we ended up making this weird side scroller. F- platformer fighting game i'm even i'm trying i'm racking my brain on on what we called it but it was this bear lion dude fighting with a sword against these warthogs we had (laughs) a bit of an african theme it it, it was weird and it was like looking back the 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 guys making the graphics and stuff like drawing the sprites i was really impressed with what they built but as soon as we had to start animating it and moving things about and adding some AI, I just realized, like, wow, we have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, somehow managed to get some good grades. I, I, I'm to this day convinced that that was just a ruse to get the project thing done. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and after that, graduated, went to Intellect. Uh, Matt and what was the other guy? Mike. They started up the Game Dev Club. I took over from Mike at some stage, or he left and I joined. Yeah. I can't remember. Mike, Mike, Mike went to Australia. Yes, he went to Australia, and I was like, hey, do you want help, Matt? Let me help you with <laughs> this like, Game Dev Club. I need help. Help me. <laughs> and that's where we are here now. It's That's been the past three years of my life. I've, I've been doing more game development in the past three years than I've done in the whole lead up till till then but i'm still unsatisfied with how much i've done in the past three years but yeah so that 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 is the sad truth is like we've done more in the last three years probably than in the 
10 years before that. Yeah. I, I, I do think, and that is actually one of the things that I, I have three pivotal moments. It's it's when I was eight year old, eight years old when when you showed me that game, mm-hmm. uh, and was in high school when I actually started getting into programming, and then that first time that I started working with you on a game where it was kind of this lifelong dream, and it's like spitballing, oh, <laughs> spitballing, and we made this silly little game, and we had I had so much fun. I don't know about you. I had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun and we actually succeeded pretty well. We set out to do something quite non trivial that I would not wow. voluntarily <laughs> set out to do right now in Unity. <laughs> and we pulled it off in a weekend, so yeah. And and that that's been one of my fondest experiences. And I think that might have been that's why I was saying it's a pivotal moment. We we had to be introduced to one another's game development worlds for it to start somehow yeah it's like it's a it's a transition from kind of being a one-man show to being a team like i spent eight years of my career working at centic pretty much as a one-man show like yeah there were other people doing managementy things and stuff like that but i was the dev i was the one calling all the shots on the dev um so you know i never really had a team or anyone to learn from or that i had to you know, really teach or anything like that. Um, so when I moved to Intellect, that was one of the big reasons was, you know, let me go kind of see what it's like to work in a team because the one thing I had realized by that point was you can't really do anything great as a one-man show. I mean, yeah, sure, you're going to now throw uh, <laughs> Minecraft at me and uh, what's that farming game? <laughs> Well, yeah, but these Oaks Stardew didn't Valley. have a lot of practice. But I those think. guys did have a lot of practice and they spent a lot of time. Like Stardew Valley was one guy 11 hours a day years, for I four think. or five years. So that's a lot of time. So yes, it does happen. But the odds of a single person creating something great is pretty small. Mm. So I think, yes, if I had to have a pivotal moment, starting to work in a team with you would definitely rank up there. Um as kind of the point where it stopped being just a vague dream and where it started becoming more of a, hey, maybe this This, is something that we could do. This (laughs) might actually happen now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I I find that interesting. I haven't had all of that insight. Um, It's definitely changing the way I'm looking at it, which kind of leads me towards i'm, I'm sk- skipping about in the subjects that i That's gave fine. you your the the specific interests in in the game development field <sighs> okay how about do you want me to go first or will you go first because this is the one where i didn't prepare so it'll be easier if i kind of see what you say and then okay respond <laughs> so for me i'm i'm a very technical person i've i've come to learn that in the past three years of development it, it was weird growing my career under these extremely technical people and them later saying go do whatever dude i don't know and it, I, I had to deal with that so it's always been for me programming has been the one thing that just always appealed to me it's the one thing that i can do and i can do it well uh the other thing i'm i'm trying to flex my game design muscles a bit more every now and then and now and again i write down some ideas i have a whole list of ideas that i don't think you've even really seen okay. um, 
<laughs> one day maybe I'll I'll put them forth and see if 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 you think I'm completely mad. It's not, it's not like me. It's just like I oh, look. Here's another idea. I look. There's another idea. <laughs> well, you've you've become confident in sharing your ideas. I'm I'm still in that like shy. Please don't touch it. This is my baby egg. But one day I'll open up and maybe the flower will be glorious. Maybe uh, maybe you'll just say to me. Can I, Listen, can I, guy, can stick I, with programming and sound design. Can I just give you some advice right now? Mm-hmm. Yes. You you have certainly heard the open source mantra, have you not? <laughs> release early, release often. Yes, and... yes. Yeah. So yeah. your ideas are not beautiful babies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know this. So know just, this. just just get them out there. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you learn. The whole thing about being... So, okay. Now I can kind of respond with one of my big interests in the field is actually game design. It's something I've always been interested in because I've been putting together prototypes for quite a long time, you know, before we even started jamming together. I had yes. a few Ludum Dares under the belt and I'd made a few kind of crappy tech demos and so on. And what I found was I couldn't make them fun. <laughs> No matter how hard I tried, it was like, it's not fun. I don't understand why. <laughs> so for me, the game design part is probably one of the biggest areas of interest because that's probably what I've struggled with the most. And it's also, the for me, a very creative part of it. And I think game dev is a creative outlet for me. It's one of the big reasons why I do it. Um so yeah, I like just love game design and for me the programming side while yes in my day job I am a somewhat competent programmer. Somewhat competent. <laughs> You're a very competent programmer. Um I and I mean I enjoy it but it, it's not the be all and end all that yeah, you thought I, it would I, be. I can't be like that's a reason to get up every morning <laughs> just to go program things. Um, for me, it's always been kind of creating cool stuff, I guess. We've had this conversation, I think, in separate contexts before. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I want to create cool stuff. <laughs> um, game design, for me, first and foremost, is the most important part of that because all of these years, this decade leading up to now, kind of, it's been struggling with the technical bits of how do I actually build this? How do I actually mm. build this? I failed to build this time and time again. And there's always been technical constraints. But after a while, I think I've started to realize that it's not just technical. Part of it is also that design, it's what are you building before you start building it? Um, I think that's actually why we work so well together. I, I have a bit of a mind for the technical side and you bring the design side and it, it kind of meshes. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's probably my, my top A interest is the game design stuff. I'm like, I've been watching for the last six months every morning two extra credits videos. Um, and there's a lot, a lot of interesting... information to take in. It's a lot of stuff, yeah. Like, I feel I should have just gone for the game design parts of it, which I see now they've kind of extracted into separate playlists. But oh, well, I'm almost, I'm almost through the whole series mm. now, so kind of just forging ahead. Um, but yeah, so that that's kind of probably for me the most interesting side is can you make fun games? <laughs> so, so that is kind of the other creative side that I 
do enjoy it as well. I've dabbled a bit in sound design now. I think the Paratrooper Sloan was a good example of that. I, I've not ha had as much fun developing a game and trying to make it fun as I had recording those few sounds. And it, it was only a few. Yeah. I had to come up with some creative ways of keeping things working as it should. And it, it was weird, but it was so satisfying to put in those sounds and have this static noise of quiet things suddenly come to life and jump at you. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> That, that that was probably one of the the more fun things, and it's something that I'll definitely be looking into a lot more yeah. when moving forward. Like it's, I th I think I don't I spend too much time trying to de to fight with the tech stuff yeah. instead of just going and saying I'm bashing out all of the sound effects for this game today. Let me do that. Yeah, I think yeah. Then second, so you second sound second for me would probably be I guess programming like i said it's always been a challenge getting stuff done and then um kind of the art side has always been a necessary evil um <laughs> not because i don't enjoy it i enjoy it <laughs> i am just more often than not disappointed in the results of my own attempts at <laughs> visual arts <laughs> um so if, if anything that's kind of just the only reason i know anything there is because i've been trying to do everything myself for so long um, it would probably be a good idea for us to find ourselves an artist at some point. <laughs> it, it might. For now, we're, I'm, 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 I have full faith in you. But, <laughs> uh, ideally, ideally, I think one. Day, like, there, there are other like more visual things that I'm interested in. I'm, I'm really interested in the 3D modeling and animation side. I just haven't made the time to go sit down and learn these things. It, it's, it's just. And I think this gets back to the whole thing of you can't create awesome things as one person. Um, even as two people is kind of hard. Mm. Like, go look at art as a discipline, right? As used in game development, <laughs> right? It's, it's There's scary. basic drawing skills. Um, you know, then you can go for different styles. You can kind of go ink painting style, you can do pixel art, you can try to do photorealistic, um, 3D or 2D. Um, then there's animation. Animation's like a whole different discipline on its own and cinematography probably is something you should know these days if you mm. want to do like cutscenes and stuff like that. So, so, so admittedly, this, the cinematography side of it, I, I spend a lot of time with our other cousin making a lot of videos and getting to grips with the cinematography things. Like, I'm not an expert. It's just the things that I've enjoyed. Yeah. And I've I've been excited seeing all the tools that Unity can provide us now with regards to cinematography. Like I, I've dreaded every time I had to go and write code to do camera <laughs> transforms. Now with with Cinemachine, it's just yeah, it's easy. Give give it some things and it's done. So so like you, you like you said, you can't do everything. But I'm I I'm a, sometimes failed. Like I I try and make so much of the game. In, core, in one aspect core, that I core that I'm not focusing player. on iterating on small things that would on all of the different better. levels. Yeah. No, definitely. So that that's why I think um with Paratrooper with our Paratrooper remake, um 
this kind of slump we've gone through has hurt a little bit. Mm. Up to that point, I was going very quickly. It's like, add a system, add another system mm. on top, add another system on top. And from that started to emerge kind of this game plan, this meta game, um, which for me is like always like, you know, I can build a simple little shooter. That's easy. Yes. That's not fun. <laughs> to make it fun, you need that interesting meta game. You need a reason why, um, a narrative, something that kind of builds up a storyline or even just a power curve, something that keeps the player engaged for a longer time. And with a lot of projects, they don't go on long enough that you even kind of get to the part where you get to play with that. Um, I think Paratrooper is now actually at that ideal stage <laughs> where we are at that point. We've gotten to the point where we've got a basic meta game going um, and we could now kind of start experimenting with that yeah. and seeing what we can do with it. Yeah. It's just that we've also run straight into the tech debt mountain, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, that, that, that did happen. And that was <laughs> that was both of our faults because close to the end of, of uh, what was it? get up game off we realized like oh crap this needs to happen this needs to happen yeah. this needs to happen and then after that we started having these grand ideas yeah. of i hacked a great deal of shit code in there in a very short period of time <laughs> yeah so this kind of leads me on to like we're we're at the verge of having something so so this this is a project that i I'm hoping that I can see us finish this. If not, I'm hoping that something else comes up and we 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 get to that critical mass and and roll with it. But that's 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 one small project. What what what's your vision on? What's and this is me segueing into immortality projects. <laughs> immortality projects. I'm stealing that from what's the the subtle art of not giving a f. Correct. Yeah. Give zero fucks. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, yeah, I guess game dev is kind of an immortality project. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, you've been writing software for companies for a while now, right? Yes. How many of those projects do you think are going to be around two years from now? Well, the first project that I worked on is dead. Yeah. Huh. Already. I'm, I'm, I'm three and a half years into my career now. The okay. first project that I worked on is already dead. That okay. should give, say it already. Everything from the first two years at Intellect that I did is dead. Two and a half, well, two and a half years. Probably some of the stuff I did in the in the last half for another company has been rewritten at least once or twice by now mm. by other people. <laughs> so, yeah. like, I don't know, twenty percent, two years from now, five yeah, exactly. five years from now. Nah. It's scary to think. Yeah, very, but... very unlikely that any of the stuff that we've put our blood, sweat, and tears into are going to be around that long. Very unlikely, I think, because business is constantly evolving and trying to one up each other and yeah. kind of going down a false start here and starting over over there and realizing they've got a great thing, but they've yeah. screwed up the first implementation, so they have to rewrite it. So. <laughs> So, you know, none of that stuff is really going to be around for a very long span of time. Mm. Then compare that to, oh, I don't know, let me Google quickly. Chaos Battle of Wizards. 
is a game that was written by Julian Gollop in, I want to say, 1980-something, 85. That's I, still around. I still, I still play it occasionally. It spawned, like, dozens of remakes. He's actually gone and made, like, a fancy high-fidelity remake now, eventually, with online what we've done, <laughs> What we've done already proved it. The Paratroopers clone. Wasn't it rated, like, the worst piece of software of the year? Of 1983, the year I was born. Yes, We've, it was in one of the computer magazines. So that's kind of was one of my motivating factors for choosing it for a remake. <laughs> it was like, come on, we can't leave it at that. There you was just made me realize there. this. <laughs> okay, so I'll I, admittedly I've I've realized that none of the code that I'm gonna write is gonna really survive a long time, and it's caused me to shift how I view myself and how I want people to view me, not as the person that wrote that code but rather be known as the person that enjoys solving problems and writing good code that's that's the that's the brand i've been trying to build for myself i i've been told that i'm a that i'm a bit intense at times i i can get a bit heavily upset and (laughs) it, it it was it was interesting hearing words like when you get uh, upset it is a bit scary it's uh, uh, it feels like they people say you're gonna stab them or something but I'll, I'll leave it at that but it's always it's now that's kind of become one of my immortality projects i think now was was to leave a a name that that people can maybe inspire to and and say hey what happened to these ideals like not necessarily what happened to the guy that that pushed these ideas but the what happened to these ideas did we leave something behind or look look back on a set of ideas and say wow someone started this w- whatever that's that's been my main driving okay. thing in in my development role but it, i can't relate it to game development yeah but yeah i mean i think um in terms of immortality projects yeah that's probably a factor um but that said, I think I'm probably a slightly more creative person than I give myself credit for. Um, so even if I wasn't doing game dev, <laughs> I suspect I would find some other art. something creative to do. I mean, for some at some point in time, I was building websites for extra cash on the side as a way to learn kind of web development mm. but you know that ended up being learning web design css graphical design like you you know the, the i'm the getting cold bits, chills now but it's just kind of <laughs> pile on so um so yeah i mean i think regardless of whether it's game development or something else i'll find something creative to do but <laughs> i do think that games are the highest art form that is evolved thus far out of human culture so if i'm going to make a contribution to an art form that's probably the one i would like it to be in that's that's kind of something that i have on my list here i i want to inspire the same awe in others that some developers have inspired in myself me thinking back to playing super mario brothers for the first time I was in awe that this thing, like I can press a button and and have something happen. Yeah. And yeah, just like that it exists. I mean, like I was, I think I was making some random references to ads in the game magazine yes. early on. Like, you know, 
yes, it was marketing bullcrap, but still, Daggerfall did have hundreds of squares of kilometers of terrain that all looked the same once I finally got to play it. <laughs> but they had built this big world with a lot of stuff in it. It might not have been as densely packed with stuff as we would have liked, but it was there. In close combat, yeah, you know, it was probably like 20 or 30 lines of code of psychology simulation, but it felt realistic <laughs> like those games transported you somewhere else um i think you know like i said i kind of considered becoming a fantasy author and a big part of that is world building mm -hmm. like i i kind of envy authors you know they're able to create these worlds out of thin air and when we read their books we get transported into this world and it's you know, it's it's like it's real. It's like you're there. Um, imagine what we're going to be able to do with games in 10 years from now. We might be so able to have, make it so you're actually there. <laughs> I have been thinking about this because that's one of the other kind of immortality projects that I'm, I, I aspire to. Like, I want to have a family one day and I want to be able to to make games for my children that can have uh, have a formative impact in in who they'll maybe grow up to be. They don't necessarily have to become game developers, but mm. them just having fond memories of playing this little game that was made especially mm. for them. Like, yeah, like I think uh, something I've been seeing in the extra credits videos a lot, and that I've been thinking about even before that is the whole idea of games in education. Like that's quite an interesting topic like um just i mean on the topic of education you were saying how you had to pick between a, a crappy new tech project every two weeks and a game dev project over a year that was over a semester six months over six months okay six months right how much more would you have learned right if they instead said you're making a game that you have to demo every two weeks with a final oh, demo at the end of the year. How I much? Wish. How much more would you have learned? <laughs> I so wish that that would have been the case. Um, I, I that... would like to think that I would have done it, but I kind of know that I would have said, "Nah, that sounds like too much work. I'd rather do the other thing." Maybe, but, but the yeah. other thing is also every two weeks, right? It's, so it's it's also every two weeks. But if I'm gonna kill myself learning something, I probably should be doing it to <laughs> go do the thing that I need to put bread on the table. With. I suppose, but you yeah. didn't. You chose the game anyway because you knew games are cool. It, so <laughs> it also think... looked like the easy out. I'll admit that <laughs> it turned out not to be, but that but, that was that was the main thing. It was like but, Ooh, game dev, cool. The point the point there is just. I guess kind of a, a game design angle on things. <laughs> game design is all about feedback loops. Mm -hmm. As professional software engineers who have learned about Agile and all these things, we've come to understand that feedback loops are essential to getting cool things done. <laughs> yes. Right. So if you can build better feedback loops into education, you can probably change the world for the better in a in the next fifty years. <laughs> Definitely. Um, 
so that is definitely something that occasionally kind of drifts through my mind like how could we make cool educational games mm. and then i'm like we really need a teacher for that you need like a teacher as a team member <laughs> we technically have a teacher as a family member e- technically yeah technically but we can maybe look into that one day <laughs> So, but but that's 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 the immortality projects for me. I don't know if you have anything else. No, nah, not much add more. To that. I, I don't. I don't want to focus on that too much. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's an aspect of it, but yeah. like, it's it's not the thing that continues to motivate. But that continues to motivate me necessarily. Yeah, I think I will do it. Like I said, anyway, regardless, <laughs> even like, if I'm not going to release something, we're still doing a jam. We made a card game first-person shooter prototype which you know we got far enough to realize we can't get it into a finished state but it was still freaking awesome oh no it was so awesome seeing these things happening and it's i i made this comment that this there's this lizard the well the lizard brain in me just wants it it's always been the dream like (laughs) if if i if i never amount to it I will always still want it, and that's the one thing I think that just keeps me going. And, mm. and like the other thing as well, it's it's a different form of problem solving for me than my day to day. Like I enjoy problem solving in the process of it, but solving enterprise problems gets a bit. It's uh, a lot of doing the same things over and over. <laughs> it gets a bit stale. That's yeah. that's that's the main thought and with with game development. Yes, you can make the same game over and over, but there are different aspects <clears throat> and challenges than what I face daily. I also think making a game tends to have a shorter feedback loop, and this might be less true for you than it is maybe for me, um, because I'm usually doing the design side of things. But, mm. you know, I have an idea, a bold, <laughs> doesn't work. I try to change it. So, like, I'm the product owner. I get to make the call. <laughs> yes. In a sense. So, it, it takes a lot of the frustration of the day-to-day out of it. Yeah. Because you can try something, decide if it works, yeah. move on to the next decision. There's not all this waiting around for other people. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of that, like, it's the, 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 the pure fun of seeing something like, come to life. Yeah, it's it's instant gratification of making something. <laughs> and while I enjoy working with my hands, like I've realized that I, I am not that apt at sculpting and all of those other things, but I can make a game. Yeah. Um in terms of what continues to motivate, one thing I would want to add here as a as a pivotal moment. It's kind of so it's it's not a pivotal moment into why I've decided to become a game dev, but there was this one guy in computer studies class in high school that was like, <laughs> who laughed at me when I said I'm going to become a game dev. So that's one of my continuing sources of motivation is I still have to prove that guy wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I get that. I I don't. I've I think I might have felt some of that resistance from my father initially. He he didn't see working with computers back then as a as a meaningful job yeah um i kind of proved them wrong like i'm i'm very happy in my career now and i'm doing quite well and i think i think he is very glad for me but it it it's it's still i i get the feeling of hey 
I'm gonna show you. <laughs> I'm just gonna gonna go out and do this. And, mm. Yeah. The the other thing that that and I'm gonna be corny with this that, that keeps motivating me is you. Holy crap! You sometimes just put in so much time, and I'm like, wow, I hate myself. I'm not doing what I should be doing. I'm but, a crazy. I'm a crazy person like that. <laughs> Don't worry. No, no, I, I, I do realize. I, I realize now that we have a bit different motivations. I, I'm maybe the more social person, so I, I get a lot of my gratification from interacting with other human beings. And while you enjoy it, you also enjoy going quiet time and saying, "Let's think a bit." Mm. Yeah, no, I like I like tinkering with stuff. Huh. The, the people thing. Like I said, I worked for eight years by myself, so I, I'm I'm still kind of surprised finding myself five years later in a bit of a leadership role at the Intellect. I'm like, how the fuck did that happen? <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> not really what I was going for, but <laughs> it it happened, and I I think. It it needed to happen in order to to go down the path that you had to go down. Like, yeah, it it it's I guess like it's a natural conclusion if you want to go make games for a living, you're gonna have to deal with people at some point. Um, some other things on continuing motivation before I forget, just before we close off, um, I was doing my self review for work, and they were like, "What are your career aspirations?" So I was like, "Finish one game." <laughs> and get it released <laughs> and then figure out how to start making enough money to start doing game dev full-time <laughs> that's step two then step three is kind of like that question mark question mark before profit. you go profit <laughs> <laughs> but the final step is how do we make a games industry in south africa <laughs> because you were at that project day with me last year yes. it was mind-blowing <laughs> the talent that these kids exhibit at making games and so many of them are going to be quite happy to walk into an intellect and go do corporate software engineering and get paid a salary because there's just nowhere for them to go from a game development point of view i mean yeah i'm sure there's indie starting up and stuff is starting to happen but there's like a very tiny games industry in South Africa compared to the rest of the world. I think especially for us, like we've been, like I'm too comfortable in my, with my salary now. Like it's not something that I'm willing to forfeit on a risk that I might not yeah. end up with. Well, I might end up with no money at the end. That's scary thought yeah. for me. No, no, I also can't really do that. But, but you know, the, the ambitious part of me is like you have to think big <laughs> that's yeah. how big you have to be thinking <laughs> um like not just how can we become full-time game devs but how can we give other people that opportunity that that would be one of the big dreams and it's kind of also an immortality project that is definitely probably a immortality project <laughs> And on that fun, depressing. No, it's not a depressing. That's it's an interesting. It's, it's 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 giving people the opportunities that we didn't have, I guess. Mm. Well, thought that that we, we wish wish well, that we wished we had. Like yeah. it wasn't really game dev education. Nowadays, it's better here in South Africa. I think Vitz has got a game dev program. Um, 
So there's some stuff happening here and there. Like there's places you can go now locally to learn. <laughs> you might yes. just not be able to get employment locally. That's kind of the, the next challenge, I think. To build the industry, you need both the education and the employers huh. kind of working together. <laughs> Yes, but anyway, yeah, that that, is... that 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 is probably a, a big different topic to discuss sometime. We we might take note and discuss <laughs> that topic on another day. Anyways, I thanks for all the insights. I I think I know you better now. A bit. <laughs> yeah, thanks. It was fun.